0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. Today's version of our podcast is the Sharpening Your Edge version with Coach Ertz and Coach Allen, um, our last two guests that we've had on the podcast here in the month of January. I am here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manche. Coach, what's going on?
1: Well, it's definitely, you know, end of the January, as you know, and we have getting starting to get that snow. It wasn't like Christmas, and it's getting a little... Very cold here too, as Jake was talking about with that Florida weather. A little bit different, yep. But uh, excited that end of January, February is a short month. We know in March, spring sports are rocking and rolling. All right.
0: We got the track clinic coming up pretty soon, right? I mean, that's Absolutely, early February. Next week. Yeah, um, the coaches' football coaches' convention. Um, got the NHS SCA uh, clinic the sixteenth and seventeenth uh, of February in Kimberly, and at Sports Advantage Appleton. Uh, for our schools that we do consulting with, just our schools we do consulting with. We're actually holding a seminar for those schools, um, and that is not for other schools. That's just for our schools we do consulting with. One of the perks um, you get with doing consulting is you get an in-person seminar for your school. A um, lot of good things going on, dog, here. We got to make sure, again, try and remind everybody, uh, share the show, continue to share the show with your athletes, continue to share the show with... Um, coaching colleagues, things like that. Obviously, over the last uh, few weeks, we've added some different variations, you know, throughout the week, um, and some different things that we're doing uh, with the podcast. So we're trying to get some more outreach, you know, throughout the week, things like that. We're in the test run phase of that, um, so we've only had a couple drop here over the last couple of weeks, but we're going to continue to do that. Dino, Coach Ernst, and Jake Allen. Man, two great, incredible guests. Um, just a lot of really good stuff. We're so lucky. We have, like, our guests have been fantastic over the years, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. And it's just incredible and so many different kind of guests. And, you know, when they bring up their their experiences, it, it's just awesome. Because I, I can definitely, you know, just go by every guest. You know, that's why we like the sharpening your edge so much, is every time they go over something that happens, there's definitely a correlation of something that happened, you know, throughout our coaching career that uh, definitely makes a huge impact. Just got another uh, kudos. Coach Potas, a couple young coaches reached out to me. And uh, we're just so excited that we do this podcast because they learn so much. They feel like they're learning a lot quicker than probably our generation did, Brian, because we were traveling all over the nation, you know, meet with coaches and try to get information and nice thing with technology. And, you know, if there's one great thing about the COVID with all the Zooms is there's so many good podcasts, so many opportunities to learn from other coaches to really make it easier out of the comfort of your own home.
0: Yeah, I know this, um, you know, the, the younger coaches have a huge advantage than, than what we did. And yes. if you're not taking advantage of it, you know, you're going to fall behind and that's your fault. Because it's a lot easier now to get knowledge. It's a lot easier to communicate with people through social media, through Twitter, through or X or whatever they call it now, or, you know, Instagram, TikTok, podcasts. I mean, you get to see and interact with these people on a daily basis. Um, If you're not taking advantage of it, if you're not using your phone uh, and your computer as a competitive advantage, uh, you probably shouldn't be in coaching. Because right now there's so much access to so much information and people that like, you know, people like us, Dean, I mean, we don't, we, we do this for free Absolutely. I mean, and you know, I don't feel bad saying that we do it because we love doing it. Yep. You know no. I mean, if there's a way to make some dollars and cents, I think we definitely take it. But it, at the end of the day, we're doing it because we love the profession. We're doing it, you know, because we love, you know, the state of Wisconsin and our coaches and our, families and across the country, what we can do to give back to this incredible profession uh, of of strength and conditioning, but also coaching as a whole, uh, because it's been so good for us. It's given us so much. Like you've been on how many state championships that you've gotten a chance to be a part of. I mean, I've been fortunate enough, you know, to go to three Rose Bowls in a row. I've been fortunate enough to watch my kids do some things that, you know, I never thought they'd be able to do. Um, I've been able to open seven gyms. Speaking of opening seven gyms, um, our Middleton open house will be February 7th. Uh, we're working on the details of that. Um, we're working on as far as like, who's going to be there. There's going to be some pretty cool guests that'll be there. It's the middle of the week. So there, and it's on a Wednesday. So there are no sports. Um, we tried to stay away from, from Thursdays and Tuesdays. Uh, and the weekends to kind of respect everyone. So Wednesday night, February seventh, open house in Middleton. Uh it's going to be packed. Uh, it's going to be a great event. Um, so the first hour typically is like we do is a meet and greet, um, and then at seven o'clock, baby, we've got a uh, new uh, new video to to show and. Uh, for those of you that are corn fans, uh, you better get ready because this one's pretty darn good. So it's are be good. Are you ready? Oh yeah. Um, uh, but anyways, let's get to sharpening a little bit here, dog. we got coach Ernst. Um, and we've got a couple quotes. We a little different with Coach Ernst. We yeah. you know um, you know, those those seasoned veterans that are that are coaches, they they love quotes. You know what I mean? And Coach Ernst's first quote that, that we really loved was Tough Times Never Last, but p- tough people do. Um, I mean, I love that quote, right? I mean,
1: it's just, it's so true. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, everybody's going to deal with some adversity, Brian, and you're going to have those tough times. But that's why I think it's very important that you surround yourself and your inner circle. You have people that you can reach out to. And I think that's so important. You know, those great teammates, we've all had them, right? We're in a team sport and you got two or three of those people on your team, that, those are your guys. And we just saw it with, you know, the end of the football season. You know, those are my brothers, and you know, I'm going to play for them. You hear that, and that's what's so great about athletics. And we always talk about the best teams are connected teams that really, really care about each other and love each other. And you're starting to see that more and more. You know, it kind of, Brian, it, it takes me back to when Coach Jones – became our head football coach. And he totally embraced, you know, hashtag family. And family, what it stood for is forget about me, I love you. And instead of, you know, coaching through fear and intimidation, kind of the old school way that worked extremely well, as we know, you know, the Bobby Knights of the world. And there were so many great coaches in those eras that coach like that were very, very successful. But when Steve decided to be the head coach, he totally went with the family and the mantra of family, forget about me. I love you. And then it was all about my watering. Mm -hmm. It was continually getting better every day. And I love that. I still use that. Even though Steve's with the green Bay Packers, I still use that because I think, consistency as you do because it's one of your main pillars in the sports advantage and it's the same thing here with my fox valley throws club don't break the chain is consistently getting better on a daily basis and what that looks like is going to be different from individual to individual but it all comes down to is you are going to have bumps in the road and i think one thing would happen with colvin and one thing that probably is happening with this generation, and we were parents, Brian, is anytime our kids go through something that's difficult, the urge and the temptation as a parent is to get them out of that situation quickly. And I think the best things we learn from athletics is having that athlete, in our case, our you know, your case, your sons, my case, my son and daughter, be able to work through those tough times with obviously some help with some guidance but be able to do that because them are the life lessons that help and shape the individual and help that person grow so it's very crucial that tough times everyone's going to have them that's normal it's like anxiety everybody's got anxiety everyone probably has a little depression but how do you deal when those thoughts get in your head you don't have to believe them. So if you worry about where your feet are, as we mentioned many, many times throughout our podcast, you are where your feet are. And you're not worrying about things that happen in the past and things that happen in the future. Obviously, it's going to make a big difference with those topics of mental health.
0: Well, and I and Dean, you know, one of the words you use there was anxiety. And this is something I shared with you and Coach Mangan a couple of weeks ago. Anxiety is basically knowing you're supposed to do something and not doing it. And then you think about it, you know, so a lot of times we, we create our anxiety. We create in our head, you know, some of the things that are stressing us out or, you know, wearing us down and things like that. And I think, you know, tough times can be battled if you just take care of the tasks that you need to take care of on a daily basis. And I'm talking more. Excuse me to our coaches right now. You have tasks that you have to get done on a daily basis. Get them done. Don't procrastinate. Stay off your phone, you know, um, you, you know, one of the worst things you can do in the morning is wake up and go onto social media. You know what I mean? That that's one thing that I've I I've, I've completely eliminated. I wake up and you know, it's on to my first task, which is typically getting some water in my system, um, and and getting making sure that the day is set. The second thing that you know you brought up like with Steve is with tough times, if you're consistent, right? If you're consistently doing your tasks, doing that, and you're watering it, which I'm sure everybody out there, you know, knows that uh, almost on a daily basis, I'll put a picture of myself in a certain scenario using the term watering it. Uh, I actually have, you know, some families that asked if we're going to get some gear that says water it. Uh, I might have to talk to Coach Jones if there's any copyright that goes with that or not. There you, but, go, there you go. I mean, at the end of the day, You know, you're good, but it doesn't matter how diligent you are, Dean. It doesn't matter how organized you are. You're going to face adversity, like you said. And we talk about it a lot. You revert back to your training when you face adversity. Um, And and I can speak as a business owner. Um, There are days, and this may surprise people, that I don't want to do it anymore. There are days that you're just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. You know, I want to go get a, you know, but when you, when you stop and you, you think about the amount of lives that you impact as a coach, because again, being a coach is one of the hardest jobs in the world because you're being judged from the minute that you wake up to the minute you go to sleep. Um, and, and, and being in a scenario like I'm in, um, it's multiplied because now we have seven different gyms. We have 13 schools that we consult with. We have a podcast we have a lot of different things and it's a daily it's a daily grind for me as as the owner to make sure that everything is going the way it's supposed to and there are days that it doesn't and if i wanted to be you know a little bit weak minded i could just walk away at any time but i don't because i revert back to my training i revert back to the things on mental toughness and task orientation and making sure that I realize that this, this isn't about me, it's about other people. When you realize that you're a coach, it's not about you. You know what I mean? It's not about you. It's about the kids. And it's about your families and about the people you touch. That should drive you to go through adversity.
1: And Brian, you know, what is the definition of tough is always the question. Because I always thought, you know, tough was hey you know, physically, you know, maybe I can beat somebody up or I can physically... Um, Dog, you, were pro- you were the down. bully on
0: the, per- on the, on the playground, right? You were that guy.
1: You were that guy. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. I'm the mediator. I'm making sure everything's going good. Let's have, let's have some fun and let's all get along. But that was my definition of tough. You know, what? Right. you look at, you know, physically situation tough, in athletics. I am tougher than you. I am going to outwork you and I am going to keep working and get after you until I win. But now, you know, as I get older and as you coach, and when we talk strength and conditioning, it's not so much about the physicalness. It's about the mental part of being tough. And what I mean by that, Brian, is it's tough to get up in the morning sometimes. Just like you said, it's tough to go to work some of those days. So can you get yourself ready to go and have the right mindset when you don't feel like doing it that day? When you go to a game, a practice, an open gym, are you tough enough to be able to focus and get something out of that time that you put in during that? Or are you just going to go into zombie mode and just go through the motions? I think that's important because there's days you don't feel like doing it. And I don't care if you have a passion for your sport or a passion for the weight room, you're going to have those days. So toughness to me is, It grinding that extra rep out when, when you just want to rack it up, right? Toughness is when you got to get up in the morning when it's cold and go get that workout in and and make that toughness is when you have to make a difficult choice that could put you in a situation where you might be ineligible, where your friends are pulling you in a negative direction and the tough person is going to make the right decision, the right choice. So that toughness over the years has really changed as far as my definition goes, Brian. And I think athletes are put into tough situations, but I think if you understand you have the goals and you have your why and what you want to get accomplished, it's easy for you to take a big, deep breath, take that belly breath, and then take your time and then think, okay, what do I really want to do? What is best for me? I always say a boy does what he wants to do. A man does what he's supposed to do. So you take that big belly breath when you don't feel like doing it. And then you make that right decision. And I think that can get you back on track really, really quick, Brian.
0: Yeah, I think really, I mean, it comes down to being disciplined. Yes. Discipline. And that's one of our core values at Sports Advantage for our, for our staff and our families. It's doing, it's doing the tasks and things that need to get done no matter how you feel. Right. And Brian, yeah, people use motivation all the time. Motivation wears off. Discipline is day to day.
1: To me, that was was always the thing that got me. My motivation, my mindset, Brian, when when I was an athlete and as a coach here is when we don't feel like doing it, that's where we get the competitive advantage. Cause everybody has that feeling. So right. if we can turn it around and we can have a great dynamic warm-up and we can have a great workout, that's our edge. And that's where my mind goes when I have that feeling that comes into my brain. I don't believe it. I use it as a motivator to, okay, we're gonna turn it up. And this is our competitive advantage. And I, it's always worked for me when I didn't feel like doing something. And I would always think, well, somebody's outworking me today. And then that would just flip my mind. And then boom, I got into it really quick. And you know what? I'm gonna go hard. I'm gonna get it done. And then afterwards, I'm gonna just not think about it. I'm gonna go on to the next thing. I'm gonna go and you know play with my friends, or we're gonna to go to a movie, or we're gonna do something. But I'm really gonna lock in during that time, and then feel darn good because I outwork the competition. And I I was always a firm believer in you gotta outwork the competition.
0: Yeah, the minimalistic approach doesn't work. Doesn't You know what I mean? You may have genetic genetically great kids. That you can do, you know, two to four, you know, sprints or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're promoting, you know, not doing, you know, the extra work and things like that, you're telling the kids the wrong thing for life. You're never you're be screwing good. them, screwing yep, them for never life. be great. Yeah, you got to outwork people, and and anybody that tells you that that's not true, um, they're 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 not they're lying. They're not telling you the truth. Okay, it doesn't just
1: happen. Brian, and I, I've seen a lot of times athletes that were very athletically gifted yep. and genetic-wise and very good, but because they didn't have the work ethic, eventually it caught up to them. And most of those individuals, I'm going to say in my career, over 90% of those individuals quit and quit when adversity struck. right? And especially if they got to the collegiate level because everybody was gifted. And then they didn't have the work ethic, so they drop out and they quit. So to me, being a hard worker is way, way more important than having genetics. We know, right, Coach Bose said at Cincinnati Bengals strength coach that right about, you know, eight, nine guys on a football, NFL football roster are just genetic freaks. But all the rest of them, they got there because – Not that they busted their tail. Yep. They busted their tail and let's don't get anything wrong here. Those genetically gifted athletes put the work in too. Right. They just didn't show up, but the other ones put more in.
0: Yep. All right. Question two, Dino, or uh, actually quotation two from coach Ernst, take hard coaching for what it's meant for. It's meant to try and get you better. And I think that comes down to not taking coaching personal. At the end of the day, you know, everybody gets in their feelings And everybody wants to get emotional and sensitive, you know, coaches picking on me, stuff like that. Look, if you can't, and I think one of the things that he talked about was, you know, he asked kids, you know, do you have your parents ever yelled at you, you know, or, or anything like that. that. And and at the end of the day, um, if you can't take hard coaching, you're not going to be a successful athlete. You know, if you can't, and this goes for people, you know, I, I had talked to my staff about this the other day, if you can't take me, telling you hey that wasn't good enough um you're probably not competitive enough to lead in the way that we need you to lead and 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 that's and my staff gets that they understand that they want to get pushed they want to get better they want to um you know strive for something more and one of the things that we're talking about this year is progress versus perfection yes. right When you're trying to do everything perfect, you're going to hold back, all right? And and at the end of the day, you're going to hold back because you don't want to make a mistake. Progress is going as hard as you can, trying to do as many things as you can. You're going to make mistakes. The thing with mistakes is we need to correct them. And sometimes, you know, a a hard, loud voice, um, a stern approach is a better way to correct it than just, Hey, you're okay. Um, Let's just try and not do that again. Stuff like that. This is the real world, everybody. And at the end of the day, like, you know, when you're talking about college level pro level, you know, those that hard coaching is because people don't want to lose their job, you know, and, and people want to see other people be successful. And as, as an athlete or as a coach, if you're not doing your job, You don't realize this because a lot of times you're just in your own head. Well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Well, that's great for you. But at the end of the day, you're affecting everybody else. You're affecting your team. You're affecting your staff, you know, the rest of the people on your staff. You're not doing your job. You should be held accountable. Same thing as an athlete. If you're not doing your job, you're affecting the rest of the players on the team, and you should be coached hard. And, And at the end of the day, we need to get back to people being coached hard. OK, because it's not about yelling at kids. It's not about personal. It's about pushing people to be the best that they can be. Personal excellence is something we need to strive for. And, and coaches need to get that out of their players and get that out of their staff. How can you help someone be the best they can be? Sometimes it's pulling them out to the side and saying, hey, you know, I've seen you do better and talking to them. Sometimes you just got to get after them. And that's that's real talk right there.
1: Well, I know I'm one thing, when Cam Bot got on the uh, Ripon college campus and started in the football program, I know he got some hard coaching before he got there. So that adjustment probably wasn't too difficult for him. Pretty but easy. what I love about that is just what you mentioned, you know, how many times coach Ernst had those conversations with Cam, you know, one-on-one and just talk. And it wasn't football. It was everything. And I think... Coaches, you know, developing those relationships, as we mentioned over and over and over, is so important. I think you can really get after kids hard if you got a great relationship with them, yeah. because they know that you care about them and you love them, and that that you they have your best interests. As a coach, they are taking care of you, and I think that's one thing he said in his meeting. You know, Kurt, Coach Ernst talked about and that you really respect. It is. You know, they are there to help your kid. When that kid steps on a college campus, they are going to go through some of those adverse times. Yep. And they're going to need somebody to, to lean on. And I think that's one of the advantage kids have when they choose to do activities at the college level. And one being athletics, they have resources there, people that are going to be able to help them when things come up. And that's, again, one of those things that Coach Ernst was so incredibly good at i also loved what he said is hey if you're calling me as a parent on playing time i'm gonna take it out on your kid and i love that. i love that because it's time for the athlete when you're in college to step up and have those conversations with your coach and not be complaining to mom and dad why you're not getting playing time and then have mom and dad talk to the coach and i just love that because you know what That is, that is the person, that is the athlete complaining to mom and dad. And then mom and dad, again, trying to bail their son or daughter out. And that's not what it's about. You go to college to learn. And one of the things you're learning is to be able to communicate with other people. And sometimes things are going to go your way and sometimes they're not. But that hard coaching is so important. I, when I was younger and I, I wish I would have knew a lot of this stuff that we talk about on the podcast, Brian, yeah. and I, there's some, you know, you know, high school athletes that are, are listening. And I know there's some, cause I have conversations with kids and college athletes, but I always thought when a coach got after me that, you know, he was picking on me and I, you know, I really had a tough time dealing with that. And I was one of the better athletes And now, you know, as a coach, I always say that our best athletes should be coached the hardest. And if you think you're a talented athlete or maybe you're an athlete that has goals to be in that top 6% to go on collegiately to play, you better be on me. You better be coaching me hard because I want to be the best version of myself. And lots of times, you know, I didn't look at it that way when I was in high school. And obviously when you're 16, 15 17, 18 years old, you're in high school years, you know, probably maturity wise, you know, I couldn't handle that. And I think a lot of that had to do with, I was going into my sophomore year and I was dealing with my parents being divorced. And so I didn't really have a male role model besides my coaches. And I think coaches, when you get on somebody, that's great, but you better have that relationship. And then take that person aside. You know, they always say praise, praise, you know, out loud, but criticize individually, you know, grab that person to the side and say, Hey, this is what's going on because I know it affected me. And I know sometimes it affected me to the point that, you know, when something was said, you know, that, you know, aggravated me, I almost went to the other extreme. It's kind of like the parent that coaches their own kid and is afraid that they are babying their kid, and th- they are favoring their kid, that you almost start to be harder on your kid than the other damages one. your relationship. Correct. And that's what I felt like when people were coaching me hard. And I didn't realize, and, and no one really told me, hey, pulled me to the side and said, hey, this is why I'm getting on you, because you have the ability or you have the goals to get to the next level. And when you get to the next level, if you think this is hard coaching, it's going to be times two, times three, because as you go higher levels, there's more pressure and there's going to be a lot more hard coaching. So I think, you know, that is something that, again, it all comes down to communication, Brian, but I always tell our athletes, if a coach isn't yelling at you, isn't trying to get you better, isn't coaching you with passion and everything he's got, you're probably an uncoachable kid and they don't want to use all their energy on people that don't want to get better.
0: When I look at it like as teachers as well, you know what I mean? Like we need our teachers to be holding kids higher higher accountability in classrooms. I'll be, you know, if you're a parent out there, I'm going to, this is a piece of advice. You know, um, I've never talked to a coach about playing time with my kid. I've never talked to a teacher about their grades, their grades, A, B, C, D. I that wasn't anything that I was concerned with. I had two questions for teachers and coaches. First one is is he a good teammate? Is he, 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 I'm sorry. The first one, does he work hard? You know, and, and to me, does he work hard encompasses a lot of different things. Does he show up? Does he do the things he's supposed to do? Um, does he listen? You know, is he, you know, things like that. The second one is, is he respectful and is he a good teammate? You know, those two fall hand in hand in the classroom. Are they respectful? Are you, you know, are you a respectful person to the teachers and to the other people in the class? And then, you know, is he a good teammate? Is he helping kids out that may not be as talented as him? Um, Is he helping the younger kids out? That's the only two things I wanted to know because I wanted my kids to be great people. At the end of the day. You know, if they wanted to be great football players or great baseball players, that's in their hands. You know what I mean? Now, I'll go work with them. You know, I'll, I'll spend, you know, that's one thing that most parents won't do. You know what I mean? Why, why isn't my kid getting any better? Well, have you gone in the backyard to play catch with them? When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you went and rebounded for them at the park? When's the last time, you know, you, you watched film with them and did all that other stuff? You just expect everyone else to do it. They're your kids, and if you want them to get better, you can put some put some ownership in that as well. But to me, that I didn't I didn't I don't want to mess with that. You know what I mean? It was um, is he working hard? Is he is he putting out the effort that he needs to do? And then is he a good teammate? Is he respectful? And that fit with everything teachers, coaches, administrators, all that stuff. Um, and Brian, you yeah. know, them
1: are what I call controlling the controllables. Yeah. Everybody is he doing the things that he that? should be doing. Yeah. And that's the things that, the characteristics that are going to make that individual successful once the athletic arena is done, their career is over. That's the stuff that's going to carry over that teaches, you know, the life lessons that you get out of being an athlete. And I love that. Yeah, Let's talk about um, Jake a little bit. Yeah. You know, let's talk about his, you know, the one big topic that I talked or really thought about me that resonated with me is how different is sport at? Athletes and teams view the weight room. He had an unbelievable experience to work at the University of Houston. Yes, He worked with a lot of basketball players. Yep. And then, you know, after that experience, he went and did uh, New York Mets. And he worked with a baseball crowd. And, you know, over my extent of being in a weight room, it, it's really funny to watch different, shouldn't say funny, it's just really unique, it's really different to watch when teams come in and do their workout because you can almost tell right away if it's going to be a great workout or not by how much the head coach is taking onus on the workout itself and not pointing it on somebody else or, you know, for, you know, whether it's an assistant coach, whether it's somebody supervising the workout, whether they're just saying, hey, kids, you just go in there and do your own thing, but the best workouts the best workouts are when the head coach is in there and they are treating it just like their practice, just like a game situation of an opportunity to get that competitive advantage. And it was interesting when he said the baseball kids, baseball players kick them out out of the weight room and the basketball players now that it's like pulling teeth and how much different that is. But we are in the day of age right now with social media is we see athletes doing rpr before games we see athletes lifting on game days we see every sport athlete lifting 365 24 7 you know all year round so it's not like people don't understand that training is going to make you a better athlete so in this day of age every athlete should look at the weight room is an opportunity to get a competitive advantage, Brian.
0: Oh, and and there's no question. I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head Dean and we know this Um, all kids aren't going to love the weight room, you know, and all kids aren't going to dislike the weight room. And at the end of the day, how they view it really comes from the adult figures that are leading them. And if you're a coach and you're on the grease board you know, drawing up, you know, you're an out-of-bounds play. If you're a basketball coach, uh, how do you expect your kids to buy in? It
1: comes from Or you worse, work. on their phone, Brian.
0: Yeah, or on their phone or or <laughs> anything like that. You don't have to be a technique coach. You can be a cheerleader. You can be encouragement. You can bring some energy to the group. You know, if, if you're lifting after practice, your kids are probably a little tired. You're probably a little tired. You, you still got to get it done. So you can pout that you got to be there for a half hour with the kids or you can encourage them. You know, try and get a little extra tempo. Maybe if you push their tempo, they'll get done a little earlier and you can go home earlier. But at the end of the day, um, you know, and and Coach Ernst said this kids, you can't blame the kids. You know, what I mean, it's the adults, you know what I mean? The adults. And if you don't put the 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 onus on the value of the things that you're doing, how do you expect a you know 15 year old soccer player to value the weight room? How do you expect? someone that maybe has never lifted before to value the weight room. And the hardest ones, Dean, are the kids that are ultra talented that haven't, you know, if they're 16, 17 years old, they're just better than everyone. You have to show them the value long-term, not just right now, because maybe they're the best player in the state, but they've never had to do that. Well, you know, if you want to continue to play in college and maybe even pro Um, At some point, you're going to have to do that because guess what? As you move up, everybody's good. And so I think a lot of times, um, you know, how teams view the weight room is really a a good indicator of how the coach views it. Because you'll see the kids will mirror the coach. And if the coach is really into it and demands it, you you remember, as a coach, you can demand things of your athletes, okay? Um, It's not that hard to do. To, to this is part of practice, you know? And, you know, if you show up late for practice, you know, what are the consequences should be the con- same consequences if you show up or miss a lift. And when you start deviating from that, that's when kids don't value the weight room as much as they should, or the court or the sprints or whatever
1: else you're doing. And athletes out there, if you're great in your sport, you need to be great in the weight room, because if you want to get to the next level You are going to have to lift on game days. You are going to have to lift all year round. You are going to have to push your body to get to a whole different level. So don't come up with those excuses of it's game day. I can't train hard. If your mindset is that, you are in trouble. Just like your mindset is, if you are in practice and you're going through the motions, you're not getting better. So you're saving your practice, I'm not going to practice hard because I just think then I'll have more energy for the game and i be able to hit the switch. It doesn't work that way. Nick Saban has always said our practices are harder than some of our games, and we are going to put kids in the most competitive situations that they can be in. And that, athletes, you have to understand, what are you saving yourself for? Every day, every practice, every weight room session – is an opportunity for you to get ahead of your competition. Don't be the person that believes in that, that it's going to affect you. If anything, it's going to make you tougher, and you are going to have an edge against your competition. Heard it. Second one, Dino.
0: Yes. program. Second one from Jake Allen. Making programs based on the basics and doing them really well. I mean, this is strength and conditioning 101 right here. Um, you know, you can take a program from, and we've talked about this time and time again, you can go get Clemson's program. You can go get Alabama's, you can get Wisconsin's, you can get whatever. Guess what? In high school, your kids can't do some of that stuff. So just get them really good at basics, get them to hip hinge, get them to squat, get them to do pull-ups, push-ups. Um, once they can do that, put dumbbells in their hands, put barbells in their hands, um, but all this fancy crap that people are, are trying to do, um, it, it looks good in videos and it sells. But at the end of the day, long-term results are what sells long-term. So get kids really good at basic stuff and quit trying to do all these gimmicks.
1: Yeah, Brian, I, I see that all the time. And athletes out there, because you watch and do some of this stuff. I just saw, uh, we we talked to somebody that was working with professional athletes and it was a Netflix thing and they showed some clips of, you know, their athlete doing some stuff. And it was totally different. They, the, the network, the Netflix put in some things or whatever it was, you know, the, whoever did the video just puts in what they want to view, you know, people to view, they, they're not showing the whole thing. So they show some of this stuff and because, Somebody was doing this doesn't mean it's meant for you. And I think that's so important. People want to see weird stuff. They want to have the the secret sauce. They want to get this weird exercise that nobody else is doing. It's the basics. The basics work the best. Get really good at the basics. And as we know, Brian, the better the athlete gets and the older they get, then that's when you start individualizing. Professional athletes, they're going to individualize their programs more. High schoolers, middle schoolers, even even collegiate athletes, there's not a ton of individualization at that point. You're still a beginner. You're still an intermediate lifter, and you have a lot of room for growth yet. So don't try to do advanced stuff in the weight room when you can keep making gains with the fundamentals and the basic things, and then. Bring that Trump card out later yep. as you get into a situation where you start to stand still, and then you need that change stimulus in order to keep getting stronger or keep getting more explosive. And then you become more individualistic. And I think so many people get that wrong. Young coaches, I see some programs, you're power cleaning kids in sixth grade, and, and, and they're and they're doing a ton of weight and it looks awful. And it is just to do it just to say you're doing it. And then I see a lot of coaches. Hey, um, you know, Nebraska's doing this. So we got to do this. You're not Nebraska. So don't just look for the copy paste or maybe it's because you want to have everybody understand. I got this program now. Now Michigan just won the national championship a while back. So now I'm going to take Michigan's program and do this program because they're the national champs. Good luck. No, don't. That's not how you do a good program. No. And the other thing, coaches, just because you did it when you were in college or you were in high school probably means it's 20 years old or 10 years old. Right. And they haven't evolved, evolved at all. Right. So get really good with being able to do the movement patterns correctly. And there's so many times I see kids that can't even squat parallel with their body weight. And we're loading all this weight on these individuals. And then we're trying to do advanced Olympic lifting with kids that are sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and they're doing as heavy weight as they can. And the technique looks awful. So what's the hurry? We talk about slow cooking, long-term athletic development, Risk versus reward. What are you trying to do? It's not how much that they lift. It's not doing a specific exercise. Is the things you're doing in a weight room transferring to their sport? That is the key. Nobody is sitting there during that national football championship game and looking at, I wonder what that guy squats. I wonder what his lifts are all of that nobody cares do you catch the ball Do you make the tackle can you throw Can you run fast can you tackle so all of those things are so important and I see it happen over and over and over again Brian I'm passionate about this because it drives me crazy it drives me crazy that people are always just looking for you know the answers and the answers is you got to learn it don't you Brian and that's why I started the coaching, the edge and the consulting is you're there to guide them, but you can't just take a program and then give it to somebody and say, okay, now you're going to have your athletes do this. You better know it better than the athletes do it. And more importantly, be able to coach it up and be able to do regressions and progressions to every exercise. And so you can take those kids on a safe journey to help them with their athletic performance and decrease their chance of injury.
0: No, I think I, I think that's so important. It goes across all sports. Yes. Yeah. It goes across really anything you do in your life. You know, if you can't build, if you can't build a firm foundation, um, you know, it's like building a house. You know, the house is gonna crumble, you know, and that's that's how it is with your training. Everything that you do when you advance is based off basic movements that you've learned and done and repeated. You know, and I know like with us, with our basic movements, those become warm-up exercises, right? Because you want to repattern in yourself. It's just like a football practice, right? What do you do first at football? You warm up and then you do individual. Why? Because your technique is everything. So you go technique work, then maybe you go nine on seven, then maybe you go inside run, then you do pass pro, then you do, you know, you know, skelly, and then you do team. Why? Because you're trying to build up to the most important stuff. So
1: well, that was a good one. Yeah, go ahead, dog. You're fired up. Right. Let's go. Well, one thing, Brian, what and I love about Sports Advantage and I, is there's no gimmicks. There's there's none of this goofy stuff you see on some of this social media. And parents, if if you go and you want your son or daughter to get good training, you need to research it. You need to research it and make sure you do a great job. And if people are doing or they are doing all these different kind of weird different things. I would look into it. I would look into it and I would be, what kind of results are you getting And are kids doing the exercise correctly? And are they very, very good? One thing that I think of when our kids come in and they view our athletes is everybody should be able to do those movement patterns good. Is it going to look different? Yeah, six, six kids going to be different than a five foot six. But is everyone's technique honed in? And obviously we know it's guided practice and you have to keep evolving as you grow and as your body changes, but you will know right away, right away, if you're going into a good place. And that's so important for our parents to understand there's no gimmicks. There's no, if you have a person or a place, or if you have a coach saying, Hey, well, nobody does it like this and they don't have these type of things. I would be really you know, leery of those situations. If they're saying, you know, you have to come here because we do this or we do that, I think that's an immediate red flag. Yep. It's, are they good at the basics? And I think parents get pulled into that, Brian. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you see oh, yeah. that. where see hey, all This gym, they're doing yeah. this and they're doing that and all that. And you have to research it out. And that's yeah. what's nice. I, parents see I see
0: it all the time. It, yeah. It's just you know, whatever looks flashy, you know, appears the best, whatever their buddies are doing. That's great. At the end of the day, we'll keep doing the things that get results. And, you know, our kids will keep beating your kids. And that's just kind of the way it is. And I have no problem saying that. Um, No, that was awesome, Doug. Really good stuff. Fox Valley throws. You got your, your sessions going on, killing it. Kids are doing well.
1: Yes. And, you know, if you're a listener out there, you can sign up for an individual session too. So if you didn't sign up, Right away for the eight sessions. Obviously, you can go to foxvalleythrowsclub.com and you can sign up for an individual session. I know one thing with the club, and there's so many people, for example, in multi sports, and we kids, some kids power lift, some kids are in basketball season, some kids got lots of things going on, volleyball tournaments, and you can't make them all. You can still sign up for an individual session. So just go to Fox Valley Throws Club and we'd love to have you beginners we got some all-state kids. We've had some champions, state champions. We've had state qualifiers, middle school kids, high school kids, college kids, you know, from beginners to advanced. So everyone is welcome, Brian. That's
0: awesome. Well, that was a good one, Dean. A lot of good stuff from Coach Ertz and and Coach Allen. We appreciate those guys being on the podcast. Make sure you check out, share the show um, with your parents, your friends, all that other stuff. Help us grow the show. Um, We're going to keep popping out great episodes, all right? We'll see you next time. Chop Chop it!